Perek Zayin Mishnah Beis. This Mishnah presents the list of the Ovos Melachos of Shabbos. As has been mentioned previously, the Torah itself only states explicitly, you shall not do Melach on Shabbos. It mentions a specific Melach of kindling a fire. Other than that, none of the actual Melachos are explicitly delineated in the Torah. But Chazal Darshan from the juxtaposition of the prohibition not to do Malach and Shabbos with the mitzvah of building the Mishkan, that the categories of creative labor that are prohibited on Shabbos are those important tasks that were performed in the construction of the Mishkan. And indeed, they are categories, for it's not the case that only those particular actions that were done in the Mishkan are prohibited. Rather, if there's a comparable activity which accomplishes the same thing, or is otherwise fundamentally similar to the actual original activity performed in the Mishkan, that will be forbidden as well, will be called a tolda of that malacha, whether one is performing the actual av, the original act done in the Mishkan, or a tolda of that category, either way the person is equally liable. But there are only 39 categories of forbidden malacha. As the Mishnah states, avos malachos are bayim chasrachas. There are a total of 39 avos malachos, primary activities or categories of forbidden malacha. But instead of outright saying there are 39, the Mishnah's language is there are 40 minus 1, borrowing from the Torah's language that it uses in reference to the number of lashes a person receives for transgressing a losa, say, the Pasuk states a person gets 40 lashes, but the Mishnah Makas teaches, in fact, it means 39. As we further derive from the Pasuk, so the Mishnah uses the same description to give us the number of Avos Malachas, 40 minus 1, or in other words, Lamites Malachas, 39 forbidden Malachas on Shabbos. The first uh, group of Malachas the Mishnah lists of 11 Malachas were performed in the Mishkan in the process of uh, planting and harvesting the herbs and then uh, making dye from that to dye the various materials that needed to be dyed in the Mishkan. But the Mishnah speaks of these activities in terms of Sidra the Pas, process of making bread. Indeed, they also made bread in the Mishkan, of course, the Lechem Aponim. But regardless, as we'll see, the fundamental activities that comprise these first 11 Malachas are the same, whether you talk about in terms of the process of producing the dyes, or of baking bread. And they are as follows. Hazorea, planting. So throwing seeds in the ground for that to produce a plant, of course, will be a violation of the malacha. And uh, any activity that stimulates the growth of a plant, let's say watering the ground, will be forbidden as well as it told of this malacha. Viachoresh, plowing. Uh, even though that usually takes place before planting, the mission is coming to say, even if you want to do a second plowing after planting, that will be liable as well. So the Mishnah says plowing it simply means making a furrow in the ground for the purpose of putting seeds in there. Or indeed any kind of a digging of the ground that's in order to improve the ground, to improve the yield. Even smoothing bumps in the ground, filling up holes, weeding the ground will all be forbidden under this malacha. Number three, veha kotzer, reaping. So any act of removing something that's growing from the ground, so, of course, they're actually a reaping grain from the ground, or it's a breaking off a branch from a tree, picking grass. All of that will be forbidden under this Abelach of Kotzer of reaping. 
Next, we have Amr, less known Malacha, the Malacha of gathering, which is the process when farming of gathering the harvested crop, putting that into small bundles. Doing that would be Ma'amer, or a gathering up the small bundles and compiling them into one large bundle would be a violation of this malacha as well. If somebody has stuck a bunch of dates together to make a date cake, that would be forbidden as a told of this malacha. Next, Hadash, threshing. It is removing kernels of grain from their husks. Told of this malacha would be to milk an animal or squeeze the liquid from grapes or olives. Squeezing from other fruits may not be biblically forbidden, but certainly squeezing from grapes and olives would be told of threshing. There too, you're extracting something from its natural source. So that would be a told of this malacha. Next, vehazara winnowing. The farmer, after threshing, would use his pitchfork to toss the kernels into the air. The wind would blow away the chaff, or at least a good portion of that, and it mostly leave just the kernels. Next, Malacha HaBorer is the Malacha HaBorer. Farmer would then, either by hand or with a tool, remove any unwanted matter from the kernels, say little pebbles in there, or more chaff. He would just select that out of the pile. And next, Malacha is HaTochen, grinding. It would grind the kernels of grain into flour, so pounding the raw ingredients into spice would be this Malacha even chopping up a vegetable into very tiny parts would be forbidden under this malacha. And next we have the malacha of the sifting. That next the farmer would take the flour he produced after grinding and run that through a sieve to have the desired fine flour pass through and for the more coarse particles to be left behind. That's the undesired part. And says so the Gemara discusses, there's certainly... There seems to be some overlap between three of the malachas we just mentioned, Zora, Borer, and Merakeid. Winnowing, selecting, sifting, all those malachas are trying to accomplish essentially the same thing, namely removing your undesired units that are in a mixture. And so it could sometimes be challenging as far as identifying which of those three malachas the person is violating when doing something similar, when doing an activity in which he is removing undesired portion from a mixture, but it's fair to say that uh, the most common of these three in practice is the malacha borer. It really you know, has a wide application in halacha, that if a person is, whether he's eating food or sorting through household items or toys, one could indeed run afoul of this malacha if he sorts a mixture by removing the undesired units. And next, valash, the next step in the process is kneading. The person pours the water on the flour, that forms a dough. So any activity that has that fundamental characteristic where he's you know, combining elements you know, involving a you know, liquid, a solid, and then it becomes a, a new kind of a mass could be an issue of lush. And finally, the farmer would then go and bake his dough into bread. So baking, of course, is an av malacha. So whether he's baking or cooking or roasting, or for that matter, even if he is taking a non-edible and applying heat to that to bring about some improvement, so he wants to you know, melt down metal to shape it or wax, or heating up some clay to produce an earthenware vessel, all such activities would be forbidden under the Melach of Ofen, more commonly referred to as the Melach of Bishel. We now arrive at the next group of Melachos, which are the Melachos that are performed in the Mishkan, in the process of producing the various cloths that were needed 
in the Mishkan, Semlachas of this group are as follows. So Goze is a Satsemer. Shearing wool, shearing that off the sheep, is an Atmalacha. And the told of this would be, for example, to cut nails or hair. Next, Hamalabno, one who goes and washes the wool. So washing or laundering is an Atmalacha and Shabbos. The next step in the process would be disentangling it. It was done either with a special comb or it was beaten with a stick to prepare the raw material for spinning. So that would be an Abmalacha. Vatsovo, dyeing the wool, is the next Abmalacha of this process. Vatova, spinning the thread. Spinning thread and Shabbos would be The mission now describes steps that were involved in weaving. Each of those distinct steps is considered an Avmalacha unto itself. So we start with Mesech, the act of setting up the warp threads for the weaving process. Meaning on your basic loom, the first step would be to set up the warp threads, and the essential process is to then take the weft thread and have that to go across over and under, over and under, and then come back around and go over and under, just now switching the pattern, and continuing that until the person had passed the weft across the entire area, and forming the crisscross pattern that forms the woven cloth. So the first step would be to set up those warp threads. So that act is an avmalacha, setting up two heddles. So this refers to a section of a device called a harness. So you have two harnesses. One of them would lift all of the odd-numbered warp threads, the other all of the even-numbered warp threads, which made the process dramatically more efficient than you know, manually going and you know, passing the weft over and under, over and under. Instead of that painstaking process, first to just lift all the odd ones and you know, pass the weft right through in one pass then lift all the even, and then do a pass. So the heddles are the holes, these harnesses, through which the warp threads would pass, that upon setting again the warp threads, going through the holes of these heddles, that enabled the person to just lift the harness, lift all those odd ones or even ones. So by passing two warp threads through the heddles of the harness, that would be a malacha violation. And next, v'ha'orek actually weaving two threads. It means taking the warp thread and going all the way across all of the weft threads once and then a second time. Meaning, you know, passing it now back in the opposite direction. By doing that, that would be a violation of oreg. That would be an act of weaving. That would be a malacha. And next, v'ha'potzea shnei removing two threads, either warp or weft, Sometimes the tailor would you know, look at his almost finished product and decide that to make it look better, he has to remove a couple of the threads. So if somebody did that, that would be a malacha. Next malacha ha kosher, tying a knot, matir untying a knot. So these activities aren't related to the weaving process, but to the process of hunting the chalazon, the creature from which, of course, we get the tchelas dye. So the fishermen would have to make you know, special, very you know, permanent kind of knots to make their fishing nets. Hence, uh, tying a knot is a malacha. Untying a knot, ironically, is a malacha too. 
for the fishermen would often have to uh, untie the knots on one net to take the ropes from that and put it on a different one. So that becomes you know, a constructive kind of activity in the sense that you know, he needs to untie in order to use it in a different net. So untying a halachic knot on Shabbos is a malacha too. And next, the Hatover states Tfiros. Sewing to Tfiros, meaning in the sewing process, two passings of the needle would be a violation of this malacha. The ravads, in order to be liable, you would have to tie the two ends together. Otherwise, it's not going to stay in place. And it wouldn't be a meaningful, permanent at all, so it wouldn't be a biblical violation. And next malacha is Hakorea Amenas Litzfor State Tfiros. Tearing in order to sew. The Mishnah here you know, adds that qualification because you know, really the act of tearing is inherently a destructive act. So the antithesis of what a malacha is, malacha is a constructive act of labor. So the Mishnah specifies that the malacha is tearing in order to be able to sew a creative destruction kind of concept. And the way this came up in the Mishkan was if they would see a hole in the curtains of the Mishkan, they would tear though, they would make the hole bigger in order to properly sew it up. So in that sense, yeah, the tearing is constructive in that kind of case, one is tearing in order to produce some kind of constructive outcome, and that would be a violation of this malacha. The next group of malachas pertain to the preparation of animal skins. We know the coverings of the Mishkan was made from the hides of a no longer existent tachash animal. So we have these malachas which come from the activities are necessary in that process, beginning with Hatsad Tzvi, trapping the animal. The mission mentions the common example of trapping a deer, but really trapping any creature would be a violation of this malacha. And next step, Hashokhto, slaughtering an animal. The act of extinguishing the life of any creature violates this malacha. Hamafshito, skinning the animal, is a malacha. And then Hamolcho, salting the hide. And then tanning the hide. So the Mishnah apparently counts those two acts as distinct malachos. But the Gemara makes a correction where it says, can't be with the Mishnah means for salting the actual tanning of the hide, which means you know, putting it in certain substances to make it into leather. It's really one. It's really just one process. It only counts as one malacha. Therefore, the Mishnah says, in fact, this is part of one malacha. And the Gemara adds a different malacha to get to the 39, the malacha of mesartate, scoring, and scoring loins in the leather to be able to cut a meaningful shape from that. That's a separate malacha. And next, v'amochko, smoothing the hide that is scraping the hair off the hairy side of the leather. And so anything you know, fundamentally similar to that, smoothing something out would be a violation of this malacha. Finally, the actual cutting of the hide, it cuts it to that you know specific size for whatever he is doing with the leather. That too is a distinct malacha. And now the last group of malachas are as follows: Akosif Shteosios, writing two letters. The people assembling the Mishkan would write letters on the beams, the crushum of the Mishkan, so they could properly align the beams when reassembling the Mishkan. So if one writes uh, two letters, that violates this malacha. And then just as with the malacha of uh, tying, here too we have the counterpart malacha v'hamoche kamenas lichtov shteosios. When erases in order to make space to write two new letters, 
that'll be like this kind of a creative destruction type of malacha. He's erasing to write. Therefore, that would be a malacha, since yeah, that too was done in the Mishkan. Habona, a building, can't get any more basic than that, obviously. The active building was done when setting up the Mishkan, and really even an improvement to a structure would be a violation of this malacha. And here too we have a counterpart, like sort of the opposite of Asoser, demolishing, meaning demolishing in order to build, is a malacha as well, since that was done in the Mishkan too. And next, Hamechabe, extinguishing a flame. The Hamavir, lighting a fire. These things were done when cooking the dyes of the Mishkan. Rashin Shabbos says extinguisher would come in and they would extinguish the wicks in order to make coal from the wicks. So again, there's that constructive element. They were extinguishing in order to produce coal. And so it has that tikkun constructive quality for it to be a liable type of malacha, as we saw in Perak Mehmed Likin. And when extinguishing for a constructive purpose, that's when a person will be biblically liable. And next, Hamaka Bipatish, striking the final hammer blow. This refers to performing the final step in the completion of some utensil. So meaning you have you know, one thing you have to do to you know, fix this item, make it fully functional. Doing that is a malacha. And the last malacha is Hamotzi Mirishos Lirishos, the malacha of carrying from one type of domain to another. As we learned about in the beginning, the Mesechta, so that would be either carrying from Rishasayachet to Rishasarabim, or vice versa, or for four Amos in Rishasarabim. This act was done in the time of the Mishkan, when transporting the parts of the Mishkan, the Krashim, loaded on wagons, the wagons had the dimensions that made them into Rishuyos Hayachet. So going from the wagons to the ground of the Midbar, Rishos Rabim, was an act of Hotzah, or you know, vice versa, from the Midbar into the wagons. Since this was a part of the process of transporting the Mishkan, it too was one of the Avos Malachos, the Mishnah reiterates, Re'elu Avos Malachos Arboim Chasarachas. The above-mentioned activities formed a list of the 40 minus 1, the 39 Malachos of Shabbos.